or three of the four hosts provide a refined and Wait. intellectual analysis. Start the fuck over, Sean. What's wrong? Start over. And is your eye okay? <laughs> Bro, I... <laughs> we just talked about this. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. I thought you were just making something up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you, looked, you looked at me and it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm lame. Oh, the movie ended. Oh, the way the movie ended. That's sad. <laughs> All right. Oh my god! I just finished it. You still look beautiful. <laughs> <actually>. <laughs> All right, are we ready to go, motherfuckers? I'm vengeance. Okay. That was so fun. That was so fun. Welcome back to another episode of season three of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and dancing through this episode with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. City of Stars, thank you for listening, Three and a Half Gentlemen. Yo. Eddie? And here's to the fools who dream. And Brandon. I hate jazz. That's from that's from the movie, and I also <laughs> this, do hate jazz. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you hate jazz? Because you jazz. can't just like hate. You can't just make that broad statement. You can't say that. You like chicken on the stage. I'm a fucking stone hated hated jazz. This season, hey, each host. Always gonna love you. I love you too. This Eddie. season, each host has picked a film from each decade, from the '70s to today, that exemplifies that time period. Some of the films have been underrated, some classics, while others have been overri- overrated piles of cinematic crap. To finish off each decade, the hosts have a group pick that wraps up the decade in style. As with every review, we give our goals to answer one simple question: How many drinks does it take to get to the film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being the perfect film that you can watch. Don't cold sober and five being the sort of film that makes you want robotically dance to and poorly sing through the streets of los angeles i swear to god just go ahead and give your rating right now seven i know 12 i mean how many drinks did it take hey sean can i ask you something are you uh are we human or are we dancers oh my god the killers killers into this (laughs) (laughs) and tim burton directed that music video (laughs) don't bring my fourth favorite band in this jeremiah don't you do it In addition to our view, we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. This season, we want to focus a little bit more on the cocktail selection, so please feel feel free to shake, stir, or mix the cocktail Sean that we've is feeling it already, and settle in you. for what we hope will be an engaging review. No, he's reading his one eye. No, that's that's with that, with one eye. Why does he have one eye? Willy. With that, one eye Willy. with that, what movie do we have? What do we have looking through the Griffiths Observatory this evening, gentlemen? Oh, that's What's cute. fun is that there's four of us, but there's only seven functioning eyes, so that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we get a snapshot of this just for the just for the Instagrams? It is actually. Oh, this is going to actually be saved pretty on. soon. Okay, well in that case, and so just wait. Smile right now. No, I need I need a better hair hair day for that to happen. Eddie, you need a Eddie, Eddie, Eddie give, give a Sean, <laughs> give a Sean. Ready, one, two, three. Are you just You're winking at me the whole time, the host? Yeah, you are. Eddie, take us through the movie. Oh, take tonight, us through the movie. softball with tonight, this. softball the whole time. Tonight we have our second <laughs> entry into the 2010s films. As we close in on the end of season three, host Eddie brings us 2016's most nominated film by the Academy. And the mistaken best picture, which, what? by the way, was so funny when that happened. Remember when that happened? Well, some what? would say it funny. Others, others would say it was horrible. <laughs> oh, I, 
I believe it, it was hilarious. Warren Beatty, win. no, Moonlight won. Mo- Moonlight won, yeah. I know. Um, and I remember that time that Warren Beatty was uh, was an idiot. Shame. Anyway, yeah, Moonlight won, musical. We're going to bring on La La Land. In the film, Sebastian, played by Ryan Gosling, and Mia, Emma Stone, are drawn together by their common desire to do what they love and to succeed in that. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair. Great fucking alliteration right there. My <laughs> <Alliteration>. God. Fray <laughs> the project fabric of the oh, love Oh, man. And it also like screws that. up their, their, their personal lives as they dream uh, for – I'm going to start over. I'm going to start over because – yeah. In the film yeah, – Seba- uh, It was not written poorly. Oh, He's no. read poorly. Know, That's was, what's was, going on right now. You're very one-sided with this. It looks In great. the film – No. Seba- <laughs> you know, I haven't even started the damn timer. <laughs> All right. Let's try it again. See, what you should do, Brandon, is uh, you should read it. I did actually. That's the problem. This is the first so fucking time don't. I read it. That's the first time I've read it beforehand. Anyway, I'm just going to read mine. I'm going to be natural. In the film, Sebastian, played by the one, the only, the hot, hot, fucking sexy Ryan Gosling. Very sexy. And hot. Mia, Ooh. Emma Stone, who I just want to be. Yeah. Does anybody else just want to be friends with her? I just want to be best friends with her. She seems really nice. She does. They I are guess. drawn together by their common desire to do what they love. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair and the dreams they work so hard to maintain in each other threaten to rip them apart. This Damien Chazelle or Chazel or Shazel directed film is rated an 8.0 on IMDb, has a critic score of 91% and an audience score of 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. The underrated cast includes J.K. Simmons, Rosemary DeWitt, and let's get into fair first impressions. You don't like Finn? Well, you I don't want to add Finn Rip Rock? Rock? I stopped watching There's American Horror Story so because reason, of him. There is no John Legend because I hate John Legend. I so fucking he's not, hate. He didn't make that. I hate Finn. As Horace Horace Slughorn would say, he didn't make the show. Well, let me just go ahead and say, <laughs> Jeremiah... He had a larger part than Finn. Finn yeah, really did. When I'm Why in not just say J.K. Then... Simmons? Yeah. And Rose... yeah, J.K. Simmons has one scene, and then he <laughs> and it's half better of, than all. And of half of his dialogue is literally quiet as he's over there firing Ryan Gosling in the corner. Yeah, I let's give that John Legend song. Oh, whatever. First impression, Jeremiah. Go. <laughs> Before we get into our cocktail selection, we need to talk about whose film this is and. Additionally, what our initial impressions of this movie were before sitting down to watch it. Since this is my brother's film, he's going to start it. Eddie, what do you Eddie, think about can you film? be my brother too? Yeah, I definitely can. Okay. Uh, but in reality, it's only my brother. Sorry. Oh. So we could be friends, but. I'll take that. Yep. Know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Blood you know, brother. Besties. You guys are besties. Um, <laughs> so See, honestly, my review of my pre-review of this movie, right? I've never watched it. <laughs> what a selection. This is probably the first time. This is probably the first time I've always wanted to watch it. I'm a fan of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone movies, um, especially when they're together, uh, and especially when you know, I mean, <laughs> when they're apart, and especially when they're together. I don't think they've done a movie together that has bombed, in my personal opinion. So we're just talking I think two. Any movie that Crazy Stupid never, Love and never this happened. One. That's it. The Trace of Super Love didn't bomb. That's your no, opinion. No, it's a great no, 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 no. I'm just saying. No, they've only done they've two only movies. Done two. Like, no, if you, you, you could silly, say that if they silly, had like five sorry, movies done. Silly Boys. It was Gangster Squad. My oh, gracious. that's Thank right. You. Uh, Gangster Bomb, by the way. Are you guys professionals or is this your first time? Come on. Tell me the, tell me the Who show. Who picks ready? a movie that, that exemplifies a decade and hasn't seen it yet? Ed? 
So I've always wanted to. So I'm the first. Am I not? Yeah. Okay. Why can't we change it up? Why can't we pick movies that we've never seen? Why, why is that the all, best part like, of my week? Basic. You're basic, Brandon. Stop being basic. So anyways, I was excited to watch this movie. Basic. Heard things about it. And I mean, who doesn't want to see Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone on the, on the film? I so agree. Establish that. But that's my opinion. I was excited for it. You Sean, Sean you next. don't want to see. No, I was raising my oh, hand. I, like, I don't want to see Ryan Gosling. I, and I think he's a hater, but because you do his hairstyles just like him. So no, true. no, I think I, I think Ryan Gosling is a very handsome man who has one look, and he has one look, and that's it. Anyway, we all um, have one look. It's puppy I was dog very excited in the headlights, and I love it. I was very excited to watch this movie. Like Eddie, I had never seen it before. Uh, I had heard like I, I had heard so much about it, and it feels like. From everyone talking it up to me, like I would have, you know, super loved the movie. It, it hits all the nostalgic points of like old time movies, Los Angeles, like all that kind of stuff. So I was really excited to sit down and, and watch it. Jerry? I swear to God, if you rated the holiday higher than this one. Oh, fuck you, Sean. God damn it. Jeremiah. Just- uh, my first impression, I remember seeing this movie and I loved like 90% of it, but I thought the end was total bullshit. I mean, it was just like, everyone's telling me, no, it's great. It's, it's, first impression, first it's, impression. It's real life. And I was just like, no, fuck real life. I live real life. I am real life. And I'm all about the fake life. But I just saw this like a couple weeks ago with my fiance. And I have a whole another different side to it. So I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Jeremiah, I wish that I could just put a squared on Jeremiah. I would because I saw it in theaters when it came out. I loved three quarters of it. And then the ending happened. I was just like, what the fuck did I just spend? nine dollars on <laughs> and that was the most disappointing sad thing i've ever seen and i love sad things but like that took it to a whole new level and i I hadn't seen it again since i watched it last week and all i can say is that my life changed last week and sean and ed you need to see it twice you need to see it twice <sighs> to know what the hell's going gonna happen and then all of a sudden when you see it twice jerry am i right it changes everything yeah, have a whole different, <sighs> whole different You don't know how I, you don't Completely. Know how I feel about this. All I'm going to say is uh, this movie went from literally bottom of the barrel to way the hell high on my my movies of all time list. Seriously. So Ooh. the host, yeah. Wow, that's bold. Well, you know what? You like movies that don't uh, have color. I like movies that have color. Eddie, take, take us to the cocktail. Oh, there's a lot of uh, shots fired here. Early. Shots fired. <laughs> shots. Can we have a shot rounds. Right as By the way, just before you start, Eddie, I, no, I'm again. just telling you, I have not revealed what I think about this movie yet. You have uh, at all. You wrote so the script. You're, you're, you're very preemptive. You're like you're like Russia trying oh, to get you Ukraine. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Jesus. So Eddie, go ahead. Soon. Little too soon right now with that one. As we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story of the cocktail. This season, we have been really trying to make better connections with our cocktail selection. In any case, tonight's cocktail is LA Water. Uh, this collaborative cocktail is brimming with a variety of alcohols and mixes so that the end result is simple. You can't quite tell what's in it. This cocktail is appropriately describes the tone of the film, showing both reverence mm, uh, to and complete mockery of what is, in, what is to be an Angelino in the industry. At the end, you have what is a cocktail that is completely diluted by a diverse set of ingredients, which nonetheless produces a successful vessel for your drinking enjoyment. Making LA water is very easy, though. You need vodka, tequila, gin, triple sec, rum, melon liqueur, sweet and sour, raspberry liqueur, blue tur- turasol, 
uh, and you take the glass and add ice, then mix all the beverages it's and like water. Trying to fucking get drunk uh, here. Garnish it with, yeah, garnish Is it, it with equal, uh, orange equal wedge parts or each? cherries. Like if it really matters, but that really get, equal parts. Holy mother! Of uh, yeah, I think shit. equal parts each. It's I'm a drink. So I, 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 tequila, yeah. gin. Are you yeah. fucking Sean? How many did you have before so, so Glorious Bastards? Six. Uh, so here, <laughs> so here's here's the thing. But here, here's the thing: you take all of these wonderful alcohols. You have you have tequila. You've got gin. You've got vodka. And and vodka. yeah, you have all all these Super mixers. Yeah, just a bunch of stuff together. In, in but you add all these unique things, and at the end, you have like a unique thing because you can't really tell what's in it. Well, it's it's just stew. tastes like it's a stew. Deliciousness. It's it's but it, but it's green. I, I mean, it's like you're gonna go on a trip to La La Land. That's pretty much what this drink is gonna make you fucking go. For that, a complete recipe, please visit our website at the dot gentleman podcast. I'm sorry, at the gentleman podcast, or look at our Instagram at the dot gentleman at at the dot gentleman podcast because the dot means a lot. And so sorry, do the actual words around there. the dot too. Yeah, Jeez, Brandon screwed me up. I'm not gonna that. tell you. What, I mean, it is what it is. All right, uh, so let's get into the review of this. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into the review of this yeah. uh, this film. Let's start. I think that it, the the appropriate place to start is stuck on the freeway. Uh, Which, if you were in California, that's, all, that's all you live on. <laughs> all great Los Angeles love stories start <laughs> stuck in traffic. It's a love story. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so what I want to go ahead and talk yeah. about is cinematographically, this movie it takes it to another level with its production of the song and dance routines. I mean, I know that they're not all single uh, shots, but damn it, they hide the cuts really, really well. And it makes like look like this, uh, this choreographed stage routine that we're watching. And granted, it's a musical, but at the same time, the movie's really not a musical. It's, it's this weird hybrid of, of different styles and genres. I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, you know, my, my son was asking, like, oh, is it, is it a musical? And I said, I don't really know. Like, it, yes, but it's not. What do you guys think? I think it opens up in a bang. I mean, you're not really expecting like what you're going to see at the beginning of the film. You just see this person just like kind of slowly singing in her car, like you know we all do. Well, I do. And then Ditto. you're like, holy shit! Did they really shut down the fucking freeway? I mean, everyone's like doing car flips and parkouring over where every fucking place. I mean, it really gets a hold of you right beginning of the film and whatnot. You know, and I'm like thinking to myself like, God damn, there's like thousands of people doing this whole scene and then i found out like half of that was cgi i'm like oh oh yeah but still it is magic. so well done right <laughs> it's so well done and the way it looks like how many times are you on the freeway yeah how many times are you on the freeway in la and you can't talk about la without not talking about traffic but how many times are you on the freeway or just on the road and you happen to hear another person's car radio and it kind of gets you like you start almost like. Remember when we used to listen to radio out. stations, and, and we would like yeah, you'd, you'd match up. You'd be next to somebody who was uh-huh. listening to the. That was literally like uh, yes. kismet. Yeah. I mean, right now I only listen to the <laughs> podcast guys, but you know, if, if possible, you so can also listen uh, to one of the things about musicals that I I think has been lost over time is the grandiose nature of the opening like act, right? So like if you look back at something like we did the Sound of Music with Julie Andrews, and it's like it built to this this first song that exploded off the screen, and I felt like this was Damien Chazelle's attempt to bring that kind of classic, iconic, golden Hollywood musical back to the screen. And so when it was this big production of, you know, in, in this, 
a thousand backup dancers dancing on the freeway singing. I thought that was kind of, I was really impressed by it because it, it to me brought back what an opening scene in a, in a musical used to be. And then what's really funny is right after this, I watched the, uh, the new West side story with uh, the Sp- Spielberg mm-hmm. and you could see that like, I mean, that's not that old. That's only probably in the sixties, the original, but it's got the same flavor and feel where, you have this first opening number kind of it not only introduces well, it the characters, but it introduces the right? tone right the tone yeah. of the of the musical and for that i thought i thought he hit he hit it out of the park the only criticism i have is that i wish he'd hire people who could sing and Ooh, i won't harp I'm on that, talk to that the whole time the whole time through even in this one where they i don't think ryan and emma sing in the in the opening number Mm-mm. even this one i thought was flat it wasn't it just didn't feel like like a song. It felt like they were actually singing and dancing like in person. Well, live. So, and so, I, I like a little bit more production. So they actually, and Jeremiah, correct me if I'm wrong, but they actually recorded at like live. They didn't do a sound recording. And I, I think From my understanding that's correct. I, I think that my first time watching it, I thought the same thing. I was like, Ryan and Emma were, were great acting. They're great characters. They're great to look at, but man, they can't sing and it takes away. But then I watch it again. And I really think that it adds to it because it's this idea of, you know, I'm going to go back to that kind of that every every person story. Um, and this isn't about a singer or a dancer. Um, you know, this is about just people who, granted, they're in entertainment, they're in showbiz, but they're not in showbiz to be singers. One's a piano player and one's an actress. And it gives us this this u- universality, maybe this this idea that we are these characters and none of us can sing beautifully. And, and I think that, yeah, they could probably have sounded a lot better, especially coming from a former Mouseketeer and whatever the hell Emma, Emma Stone did before this, right. That they could have sounded a lot better if they had done a, a, you know, studio recording. But the fact that Chazelle chose to do this as a live recording, I really liked it. I thought it was, it was good being unpolished. I think it was natural and I think it was actually organic with how it was mm-hmm. actually done, you know, because if it was done by professional singers, then you wouldn't kind of get the, the whole just of the movie, what it's about and everything so, like that. I think this movie, I think this movie talks a lot about growth also. So I think, I mean, I, I don't know if it's meant to happen that way, but I feel like uh, as the movie grew, Sebastian, Ryan and Emma, uh, Mia, so Mia and Sebastian, they got better in their trades as the beginning. So in the very beginning, they were, I think so. I think it's a little bit of that. It's like you saw growth in the in them, the characters with their their with their own uh, talents. Have, have any of you seen Tick Tick Boom? Andrew Garfield on Netflix? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's really it's really wonderful, but it's the same kind of raw, stripped down, uh, not produced, not overly produced musical, mm-hmm. and uh, it just if if the audience wants to take a look at that movie, you'll see the difference between, in, in my opinion, someone who is like can sing versus someone who kind of tries to sing Andrew Garfield in that, even though it's raw and stripped down the same way, you can hear he's got pipes. Like he you can hear he's got a voice that I just, and I'm not going to harp on this last time I'll say anything, but Ryan Gosling just doesn't hit. There's no emotion. There's just, it's just like this flat, Ugh. So, so my, my, my opinion, no, no. And that's a good, and I, I, I literally have that as a note because to me it was something that stood out negatively when I first saw it and then stood out to me positively when I saw it again. So, Sean, you, my, my question to you is, do you think it's just a thing of, of bad casting? Yeah, I think I think Ryan Gosling. Well, first of all, I think Ryan Gosling is an incredibly overrated actor. Uh, but I also think that Ryan Gosling was not the right person for this part. Um, I, I've seen now five, I think five or six uh, movies of Ryan Gosling. Remember, like First Man. Remember the Titans. Come on now. 
No, okay. See, so he was good. Remember the Titans? He was good in um, Crazy Stupid Love. He was okay in Gangster Squad. But at the end of the day, the last four or five movies he's made, he's kind of like a robot. And I'm not a huge fan you know, of that first sti- man that was style good. performance. Well, that's not fair because in Blade Runner, he did kind of play a robot. I, so, that one I actually you know. didn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just I don't think that he's charismatic. I, I think agree he's that he's overrated. I just don't think he's charismatic. Yeah, I. I think, he's I think he's an actor and I, I he actually mm-hmm. learned the piano and I feel like that was his trade. So in the piano, he was a, he was a boss. He was a G and, you know, I don't think he was supposed to, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's a, it's a musical. So maybe he's supposed to be the senior. I, I think he learned piano for this movie and that just shows you his talents. I, I think, I think he I had think like this whole actor. kind of Fred Astaire type of way. He was just cool. He was dancing. He had this cool vibe and everything. I think he looked and sounded pretty dope. The, Basically, what the movie was all about is he wasn't supposed to be this, you know, this opera singer or this talent of a singer or whatnot. You know, I mean, he was just kind of as a festival for uh, Mia to get to where she needs to go no. and including himself, actually. I, I, I agree with you, Sean. I think that he is really overrated. I think he's probably one of our more overrated actors. I don't not like him, but I think that he gets a bigger pat on the back than maybe some of the times he deserves. That said, I do think that he played a lot of his portions of this film really, really well. well I mean, I, I know I kind of joked about it earlier, but just that kind of – so we got that screwball comedy routine going on between you know the bickering when they first meet, Mia and Sebastian. They, they basically kind of hate each other but love each other at the same time. And it's, you know, it's co- total classic screwball comedy from you know um, My Girl Friday and all that 1940s. stuff. 1940s. Right? Yeah, exactly. His, his Girl Friday. But his, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm taking her. She's mine. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, you know, he plays it so well, like the scene where she says, I hate jazz. And you see this just like this panic in his eyes. I mean, it's supposed to be, in my my opinion, it's supposed to be overplayed. It's supposed to be overacted. It's supposed to be overdone in his part because he's like so baffled that somebody could hate jazz when he loves it so much. But then you have those quiet moments of of kind of that reflection when he's just playing the piano, especially at the end. And he looks over and sees Mia. And I tell you that talk about the ability to communicate meaning without words and just images. And I do think that, yeah, we can pat Chazelle and we can pat the, the DP on this one uh, forever. At the same time, I think that Gosling was able to kind of capture that almost that lost puppy dog look. It's really, really well. I, I, I don't know how to kind of explain it, but I think that he does a really good job in what he's given with this, with this role. I think that one scene that was at, um, the second song called The Lovely Night. No, the third song called The Lovely Night. Um, Is it at the apartment? What do you call it? You know, no, 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 no. It's actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's... um. It's the one where they're at that at the hilltop, right? The, the hilltop, oh, yeah, yes. you know. Like the classic, yeah. The, I think uh, that the right party, there, I mean, the actually, party. I feel like that movie, this, that part right there just kind of just elevated to a different level regarding to where this movie was going to go. I mean, it just had like this dream sequence, you know, and it, just a fun fact, just even talking about the movie, I mean, that shot was only shot like like twice, like 30 minutes apart. Or for 30 minutes, two different days, one sunrise and one sunset. And you almost have like this dreamlike atmosphere. And I really thought that was kind of like an ode to like those grand scale of musicals of the classic mm-hmm. Hollywood movies that, you know, that was kind of representing is, right yeah. there. 
And so Damien Chazelle, I think uh, he has this vision. And one of the things that's brilliant and beautiful about this movie is that you take it from like, it's a very grounded and rooted movie. It's about two struggling performers, whatever you want to call them in LA, a very common story. They fall in love. You know, they go to all these parties where there's, you know, more successful people and they're catching up and blah, blah, blah. But then you take it through the dance numbers and you transport this very mundane, normal couple, and you transport them into another world. And it shows you that they're that their dreams are bigger than reality, that bigger than life. Their life their love story is is bigger than than what they're making it out to be. And that to me is in the planetarium old time Right. Yeah. You see it, I think, on the hill. On the, but that's an homage to these old 1950s, 1940s glam Hollywood movies mm-hmm. where they took a love story and they burgeoned it up. They made this beautiful, big love story. It's like life's not like that. Life's not a love story, a cinematic love story. Life is kind of this movie. It's kind of. Oh, Sean, you, you know, said you it win perfectly. Some, you lose some. No, literally, know, you said it perfectly. Like, that's exactly what we just saw. Yeah, also, film. like. Everyone, when you first go in a relationship, it's that honeymoon it's like period the first for sure. Two yeah. weeks are, uh, you know, like everyone, it's a honeymoon. Everyone thinks it's gonna be like the whole time, and this movie shed light a little bit into that. That's that's false. Like this movie made yeah. it seem like it was a little bit more real. As a musical, that's hard to do because music, musicals are all like upbeat yeah. or super sad, like one or the other. Like, and this, I don't know, I liked it. I felt like this. You could this movie still went along with a good story. Um, that 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 moment when you know, I liked the party, I liked. Emma Stone's character when she didn't, you know, she has roommates and Sebastian's over here just, uh, you know, <laughs> playing Christmas songs at a bar, you know, and he's like, I, just, I, I found uh, laughter in his character, like doing something he didn't like to do, but he still did it because he needed to bring the income. And I don't know, I, I saw a lot of all of Especially us, the, yeah, no, I, points in our yeah. lives. I love their theme, that piano theme for Sebastian and Mia's theme. Uh, it's just, no, no, no! It's not that thing. That's oh, the the, the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The piano. It's the piano yeah. theme, basically. It's kind of like um when he when he she first hears it in the bar, and he's playing it just like this lovely piece, you know, and it's like this almost like this ghost setting, like kind of like a shadow like haunting when you think about it, and it just makes you think of that point, and when you see it at the end of the movie, is like is it that moment when your life is in front of you and you don't even know it, you know, and what do you do on that part of that situation? I mean, it makes you think of like little situations like that. Yeah. Well, and and what I well, it, this movie constantly feathers in like old-time Hollywood love story with like reality and it's it's just push and pull like it's one of those those weird dichotomies between uh, uh you know this is a meet cute. So if you go back to like his girl Friday or even further back to it happened one night, you know uh, yeah, but the the whole meet cute is the they're they're in a they're they're in a hotel room together. Uh, she she doesn't have any uh clothes. He only has uh a top and a bottom. So he gives her the top and he keeps the bottom. And that's their that's the way they start their relationship. So you've got the same kind of meet cute in this restaurant where she hears him play the piano, ironically jazz, something she hates, and then all of a sudden they can't get each other out of their lives. Like they can't get each other out of their heads. She's at dinner or lunch with Finn Whitrock. And, (laughs) and she's like, I've got to go. I've got to go see him. It's almost like they're drawn together in a way that's, that's magnetic. She heard that. So she heard that, she heard that song. And yeah, she, she she found them. Yeah. 
But then he also well, found the her shop, at the, the coffee shop. But then one of the other parts that I love is when he's playing in the cover, you know, the 80s cover band, and he's just hating his life every single second. I and, you know, I mean, obviously that's, that's leading up. Uh, was it Run? Was it Aha? Yeah. Uh, no, no it, was, it was Run. Was it Run? Yeah, it was Run. That was, no, was Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. My Flock of Seagulls. Yeah. So, no, but I love that because you see, I mean, that's granted, that's where they start kind of the relationship starts to, to bud and, and, and blossom. Um, and then that leads directly to the, the, you know, the Mulholland Drive, um, dance or wherever we're going to call that. And by the way, I, this, I want to, I want to thank my grandma, uh, because this yeah, movie yeah. proved what my grandma was saying, which is always make sure you keep an extra spare uh, tap shoes in your back pocket wherever you go. So, thank you. It's a much. great advice, actually. But it was a cool. But that was, was cool. Like, man. My God, they're just strapping on tap shoes. But what I love about it is it shows them literally like cool. changing their shoes into tap shoes. Like they're having this preconceived decision to go tap their life away, which fantastically beautiful and stupid at the same time. But what I love about this movie too, and, and Eddie, you were talking about it a minute ago. Um, where, you know, you say that Sebastian is kind of just doing what he has to do to make ends meet, but it's that whole segment where he's with John legend and, and Sean, I agree with you. I am not a John legend fan in any point. And literally <laughs> part of one of my notes is just, man, I can't stand John legend. But what we get here is when he's part of that really successful band and you see that basically this is what he wanted. He wanted success. I know it's not exactly what he wanted, but he wanted success as a musician and you see that he's just basically agreeing with it because this is all he feels like he's worth. And, and I just feel like there's that, that's, that's something that so many of us people, not, not just, you know, us four, so many of us people can really relate to is this idea that we kind of sell ourselves short. And once we get to some level, even though it's not what we wanted, we just accept it and we just go along with it. And I think that this movie does something so well, which says, Hey, you know what? You're better than that. So actually push, even if you fail, don't just settle. Fail hard. I'm going to completely disagree with you okay, in you're everything wrong. you just said. You're wrong. Because I know that your your title my, says the problem. host, but you're wrong. <laughs> here's my problem with the whole con- concept of the movie. So here, here he's young. He has a dream. He has a dream of be of of owning owning a bar or doing whatever he's going to do. He's got this dream that he's concocted in his mind, and this dream is of success and fame and wonder. And it's the same as her dream. She wants to be a famous actress. She sees that girl in the beginning of the movie at the Starbucks, and she wants to be this 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 big actress. He wants to be this big successful bar owner. You know, the chicken leg or whatever it's called. And as he Chicken on the stick. And Chicken as he stick. progresses in his life and in his career, he has to realize that while his dream is great and wonderful and he's worthy of his dream, what he fell into was magnificent and amazing. No. And this is this is something. Stop. This is, uh, you talked. I didn't. I'll give it to you. you. I'll give it to you. Finish. I'm going to shut you up. This is. Yeah, These are the moments no, that you this. have to embrace and and let define your life. Uh, when you, you know, I, I hear this story all the time. It's the same story. Uh, you have a, a woman and a man get together and they're planning five years down the road to have kids. And oh, shit, they get pregnant after the first year of marriage or right before marriage or whatever it is. And that whole moment defines the next 25 years of their life. And they couldn't be happier because they have a family or they have this or they have that. You cannot be so rigid in following your dreams because of this perceived value that you have in your mind that isn't real just because you, this is a great opportunity. He's 
touring with John freaking Legend. Not in the he's story. Part he's part of a, a great band character. doing amazing things. What I'm saying is he's doing – he's be part of something absolutely fantastic. Ride it. Have fun with it. Make money at it. Be successful at it. Have a but family that's all, But that's like, all his all life. That's that all stuff. his life was. And that's what she realized. And they had that dinner. For five like, years. Eddie, for take five him down. Years. Eddie, take him down. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, no, Jeremiah, I want Jeremiah to experience with this. So I I know Jeremiah has experience. You're saying this is that, you know, that he was enjoying the moment. No, he sold out in a lot of ways. He did everything exactly that he never wanted to do. He wasn't trying to be big or famous. He was trying to uh, bring jazz back. Yeah, bring jazz back. He was trying to like hold this old legacy about what it is, you know, to the point where with this situation is was not going to get him to where he is. So a lot of ways, you know, he lost himself in the moment because, you know, he felt like this is what he needed to do. But in the same time, he lost himself, you know, he was with the anti-jazz. Dream. Literally what that was, it was like pop anti-jazz. So there was that one, there was that, yeah, there was that one line that John Legend said at the, it was at the bar to uh, Ryan Gosling. said, or how are you going to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist? You know, like no one's in here. Like these are all old men, old men listen and to John. jazz. Like we need to liven up, right? So no, that's exactly I right. Like, <laughs> um, I yeah. So no, but I'm trying to say is so Ryan Gosling wanted to still do that. He wanted old man style, but he had a different idea that what John Legend was thinking. He chose John Legend's path because he wanted to bring stability to Emma Stone. He thought this was the right path because not because he was lucky to have it. It's just he just did it because he wanted. He wanted to. He he thought this was it. Like Emma, Emma needs me to have a job. This is my job. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So many people do those decisions for for love. For they they, they cut their dreams a little short and they do. And then it just ended up backfiring. Up you know. But I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I wasn't sorry, done sorry. yet. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. Uh, that's it's okay. But he took it all wrong because Emma Stone never. Emma Stone actually said, "I didn't tell you to do this." Like you, you read, you read my, you read everything wrong. I never told you to jave up your dream. Emma Stone, you can even said, like, I didn't know you, you liked that type of music. And John, uh, Ryan Dawson was just like, well, aren't, don't you like it? I did this for you. And Emma was like, don't like, you read it all wrong, uh, Sebastian. I, I didn't tell you so, to so, give up your dreams. So, but they, 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 he, he read it wrong what Emma was giving him. I feel like so it, it, it provided money on the table, but it separated. They would have stayed together. They would have stayed together, and it killed the relationship. If it hadn't been. First of all, you don't know that, but oh, I do. Yeah. You, you don't well, know actually. That, you do know that because you see the no. alter universe and whatnot. That, that that situation when he comes up to her or comes well, up to not, Ryan, he shoots him away and everything like that. Okay, anyway, universe. He actually got away from the distraction of like. And by the way, in that future, he would not have gotten his bar. So I mean, I don't. Exactly know where where the okay so and this is my this is my point is that if you change your perspective if you change your perspective on that diff on that uh you say selling out i don't know how playing with a a huge band is selling out literally because you can always open a club always which he did by the way no that's i don't how is that selling out? If your if your point in life is not to be a, a, a classical jazz musician to play at, at Carnegie Hall, and you want to own a bar, and by by going and working with John Legend and working for so long, then you can open your bar. How yeah, is that selling out? It's not because he's not into music like that. That's the thing, you know. He's just playing it. He, he, it was a means to an he, end. He did think he did, no, this was his end. only way. And, and, yeah, way. and at the end he of the day, he got Sebs. Way. He got his bar. He 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 got his dream. 
No, 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 no. He, I mean, he okay. Just, no, he, stop, he, yeah. Brandon, you're wrong. Hold on, stop. Just hold on. He got his dream. His dream was to open Sebs. By by sacrificing to get Sebs, he lost the girl. That's exactly what happened in the movie. That's exactly oh, what happened. No, they both get the their name dream. that she that. actually created. Yeah. No. There, what I'm saying is instead of choosing dream over woman or choosing sellout, as you say, over over dream, what you have to do is you have to discuss it and talk and use the steps that you have to get your mutual goals. And you have to change your goals so, because there has to be a hybrid between owning a club and having the girl. There has to be a hybrid because your dream is not what you think it no, is. No, Sean, I, I, His I do, dream I, was to open the club. His real... His real dream should have been to have Emma Stone by his side while he opens. The listen, I, I agree. I agree 100%. So, Sean, listen, I agree 100% with what you're saying. They both succeed in the goals that they set for themselves at the beginning of the movie. They both succeed at that. Correct. But here's the thing. You're saying that dreams have to have adaptability, right? You have to be able to adapt. I'm saying, no, I'm yeah. saying you actually don't know what your dreams are. So, so, so you have to but adapt. But here's the thing. We have to in 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 La La Land world. We have to accept for the necessity of the the dream life. Okay, because that's what that's what this whole movie is about. It's about achieving your dream life. They both achieve their dream life at the beginning of the movie, but once they meet, you're right. Their 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 dreams have changed, but there is still a singular dream. Okay, their singular dream is See, to I succeed. I got a different message from succeed this movie. with each other. By each See, other so, so I'm I'm a little bit close with both of you. But so so I I took it as the dream could also be a curse. Like and the, and they they realize you ever see like oh make you know if you have three if you have three wishes with a genie's bottle and you, it always somehow turns out bad. Like the dream, it his dream happened. It, it came true. But realizing both of their dreams came true. But you saw yeah. this little sadness in both of them. Like shit. It's the so what? Like, we, but here's what we I love. It. Our dream wasn't part – in part of our it dream. Wasn't our, it wasn't our dream. It was – uh, yeah. But here, here's – It wasn't – it was each other's here, dream and it, was, it didn't mix with each other. Here's like, the difference between Jeremiah yeah. and Brandon and me. When I watched the end of the movie, I wasn't sad for them because they got what they really wanted. She wanted to be a famous actress. He wanted to own Sebs. And what he what, – what that last little bit of the movie where it showed their other possible future – was what that would have taken is for each of them to forego or give up part of their dream to be together. And this is a priorities movie. It, it's, I, I think at the end of the day, it is. You have to be able to give up part of who you think you want to be for who you actually are. Well, I don't think you have to. It shows well, you, you, can't, you, or you can't have, you can't have both lives. I, I mean, definitely, you can't have both lives, and that's what this movie is about. So I, you're right. It is about priorities. At the same time, I do look at this as – there is a longing to have had that other life, right? It's that idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. And you're right. When they finish the movie, they're happy and content, right? She's in a loving relationship. She has a great family. She's got the dream, her dream job. He's got his dream club. He's happy. I love that they end and they're, they're friends. Like they're not friends, but they, they don't, there's no animosity. There's, there's support and there's love, right? He sees her on the big billboard right next to his club there's there's this idea of respect and support, even though they don't say it to each other. Like, I love that. But at the same time, it is this idea of what is more important. And I think this is to each one of us as the viewers to, to answer is what's more important, the, the personal human side or the successful kind of out in public side, right? Yeah, Jer Jeremy, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just hey. watching the ending of this movie, right? And I literally 
me and Hannah, and we literally had a two-hour discussion about the fucking ending of this movie and everything like that. She sees that in a way as a, it's a happy ending, like what Sean's saying, you know, them seeing each other, seeing how they become like successful in their life, right? Because without them, they would have been eaten up by Hollywood, right? You know, two people needed each other, very important to each other, you know, by helping each other's, you know, finding one another's their dreams, you know, and putting their past where they're at. I saw it in a way, you know, sometimes we lose ourselves in a dream, in a fantasy, and that sometimes we lose sight what's in front of us and that can just be important than that dream you know this movie is going to have that one weird situation where it's like it's going to be either like you know two people are going to be thinking about this version or this version you know but you're right in the end you know they ended up being successful and sometimes you need people in your life to help you get to that goal and sometimes they're very important in your lives you know in the end they found their ways but is there a little regret into that that's all i'm saying yeah and i agree I think I think you've got I think you've hit yeah you've hit the nail on the head is that re- regrets right so and this is the this is what I think at the end of the movie kind of gives you is do does Emma Stone regret not staying with Se- Sebastian I don't think so I think she likes her family I think she likes her child I think she likes her job now does that does that choice have a little bit of repercussion yeah but it doesn't have to be like regret it can just be a little like ah. Oh, you know, I I look at like Eddie was talking about his dream. I, w- I want to go back to that because it's really important. Brandon, I know that our dream was to to go to Hollywood, to be directors and writers and to make movies and to do this stuff. We've been waylaid by ra- reality, practicality and, you know, family. That doesn't make our that doesn't make me regret not going back to school for film and doing all that. It just means that I've made a choice and I'm living with my repercussions. Now, happily, I think our repercussions are more positive than <laughs> what we could have done. But, but, but I think that Eddie, what, is, what but, was your yeah. dream? I mean, it, it's hard. To, that's, I think that's what makes this movie so makes it actually special because there's so many different ways you could take this movie and there, there's it, you know battles over it. Um, I I feel like though. The way I saw the movie for myself was um, everyone has different dreams, obviously, right? So different dreams. And it's just sometimes you see, I mean, I thought the end of the movie, that would have been my dream of the way it ended. That would have been my dream instead of this dream here. Like, So some people have a dream to be uh, – their dream is to be having a house, be the dad, and have kids in the full house. That is their dream. Some people have a dream of being a lawyer. Some people have a dream of being a, a author or a, a, a musician. Or everyone has this different dreams. So it's just a matter of what the dream is. So this this guy, then his dream wasn't to be with to to have that lifestyle. I think he he saw it at a, a glimpse in his eye. He's like he didn't. I don't think it was a regret, but he did like think in his head like that would have been a good choice too. Like I, he, yeah. both both choices would have been good. And sometimes I feel like. Like we come across so many different forts in our lives and so many different people in our lives that can you imagine like I just – you guys are my best friends and my brother. Like I'm so close to all of you and there's so many other moments in my life that it truly went different if I would have chose a different path. If I would have been late too many times, if you, if you guys would have dropped me as a friend, if I never – if I would have stayed with a different girl, if I – you know, if I – so many different choices here led up to us where we're at now. So it, it, I'm happy where my life is now. Um, so no one gets to no we we can never see that other style of the other draftsman. This was the only time you could ever see it in the movie, but in real life, reality, we never we're never going to get to see what could have been with the the road. So we never we never think about that. You know, we never right. we, we we never know. Uh, I just know my dream 
my dream overall was very smaller and I, I accomplished that dream with my, you know, with what I wanted with being a dad. and husband. No, I agree with you, man. Like, you know, sometimes you just have this, like I had this path, like I wanted to do something and you were so close and like I was so close to that dream, so close to that dream. But I honestly wouldn't change not even a second of it because I'm, I've never been so happy. And it's just something where it makes me think like, it was always meant for me to be in this particular spot when this was going to happen and everything like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's people in your life that really helps you to get to this goal. Sean is probably, you know, one of the guys that changed my life. Uh, and he came out of left field, Aww. you know, <laughs> but when you think about lives. it, like, you know, when Hannah came along and everything like that, you know, it's just like, yeah, everything just lined up, but it was a ticket, right? If I would have not gone to that show, what right. the fuck would have happened? You know what I'm saying? And that's, paint, that's just crazy, dude. That's beautiful. And thank you. Let me paint you another different picture, though, Jeremy. Uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, dreamt of being a lawyer, dreamt of, of going into the law, went to law school, passed the bar, became a lawyer. I've spent 10 years doing everything I can not to be a lawyer. Right. And I, so, I'm telling you right now, I fucking hate it. It's terrible. But that's... <laughs> but that's that's just, you're so bad. So that that's what I want to hit that's on. The other though. side, right? right? That's the... <laughs> so no, but that, that's that's something I want to hit on, and and I do think that you know I know no Sean, you're gonna roll your eyes at me, um, but we we hear this word regret, right? My we, one we, eye, yes, true, one eye, because there's seven of us. Um, <laughs> we hear this word regret, right? And I think that we automatically associate it with just super negativity, right? If you regret a decision that you made, or you regret a decision that you didn't make, then it means that you wish that that nothing else had happened that all the other things that you did end up doing didn't happen and, and i regret a ton of decisions does it mean that it, i wish that my life now wasn't what it was no it doesn't mean that at all but it does mean that i regret yeah i, I regret not going to film school i regret not doing this I, I regret not doing that i think about it all the time it doesn't mean that it changes how i look at my family it doesn't mean that it changes how i look at my job now my friends but what it means is that uh, uh, something in my life that didn't work out still to this day means something and i wish that it i could have explored it and to me that's that's regret but i think that regret is such an important thing for us to have i think that we need to stop as as a society we're running away from the word regret and to embrace absolutely embrace what we regret but at the same time embrace the what the decisions that we did make to get us to where we're at so maybe because remove Remove the negative connotation. Yeah, we remove the negative connotation. Yeah. And I think that that's what this movie like tackles, it, and it does it so like well. It. Now, as you guys were talking, all I could think about is how would we – I just want to throw this hypothetical out there. How would we look at this movie and the same conversation that we're having if one of them became successful and the other one didn't? Could be either one, right? Would we be looking at that the idea of regret as a, as a negative, or would we still be looking at it and saying, you know, they made their choices, one of them worked out, one of them didn't work out? What do you think? Would we would would you look at it differently? I think it gave us an idea of like a glimpse of like what would have happened if that was going to happen. You see Ryan Gosling in the real the alter reality where you know he was just going to be there for emma stone he chose emma stone rather than doing his own gym and everything like that and you kind of get a glimpse of it when you think about it you know he's he chose her to be stuck by not to, to stick by her the family the, the children and everything like that and then it all comes back full circle when it's actually back to reality you know and it switches to that dream 
I guess they once had, you know, but, and, the, and I think the last 10 minutes of the movie is fucking magic, you know, when you think about it. I agree, it. but but then we're associating, I, I that's, you, you, but I was going to say, we're associating, though, that last dream as being from, from uh, Sebastian's point of view. It could be Mia's point of view. I think it's both of the... It could be both of their point of view. I mean, because he's playing the song, you know, and it just switches it. It switches from her to actually to that moment where their paths could have gone something differently. Who's to say, you know? I kind of feel like it's an extension of the dream world. Like it's an extension of the 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 scene on in Mulholland Drive or the scene um, in the Griffiths Observatory. Like it's it's part of that world that mm-hmm. what could have been the perfect, you know, magic world. If life That's was a good point uh, too, man. I mean, a, a Hollywood musical, right? Right. And you know? so, and I, sorry, yeah, no. you're right. No, no, I just, I, I love that planetarian sequence. You know, oh yeah. To, to me, it's just like you see that moment where they're all wrapped up and they have like this feeling inside. You see this connection that they're away from this other world and whatnot. I think that's some of the dance sequence in this movie is like some of the favorite things I've seen in a very long time. It's so fucking good. I mean, what do you guys think of it? I think every time I see uh, Griffith's Observatory, fantastic. it makes me happy. And I think the the dancing. Is, and you is wonder good. why the hell we didn't go more. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, we live like mm-hmm. what an hour and a half from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I know, you know what? You want to know something really fucking sad about that? I've been there. I've been there a couple of times, and I've only gone to myself, always hoping that I can actually like you know go with you know like my future or something like that. I'm trying to get Han to go with, with me. Han, I know you listen to this, so fucking just take him. Just go. It's so awesome. It, the tra- the traffic though, the traffic is just birthday's coming up. up. <laughs> was that Chinatown? Was that Chinatown too? Was that Chinatown the the lift? Was that Chi- I don't know in L.A. Was that Chinatown? The there's there was a lift that they did singing. Oh, I know. You, oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know where that's at. I don't know where that's at. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Where is that at? That's in L.A. somewhere, but it, it's like a lift they did and. It was cool. I wanted so, to see that. I think, like yeah. I think what this movie that. kind of successfully does, though, at the end of the day, is it, it it tells a very simple story, which I do think, you know, Brandon, you said, is it a love story? I think it is. I think this movie is a love story. And it's a love story between two people with, you know, with goals and dreams that that chose their goals and dreams over each other. And I think that's that is what happens most of the time because the people who are dreaming and have goals are young and, and they, they have time to play out their dreams. They're, and goals. they're young. Yeah, right. Five years but later. They're young happens, and they're so also, this and this is, is again, young. not negative. I know it's a negative word, but we shouldn't be necessarily putting they're self-centered, right? They're worried about themselves because they want to well, achieve course, something. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I do think that to be in a good relationship, if anybody's in a good relationship, you can't be completely self-centered. You have to constantly be thinking about and worrying about yeah. the other person's happiness. And yeah. the reality is they just uh, didn't enough, right? They did because you see that when, yeah. when Sebastian drives out to Arizona or Nevada or whatever it is, right? You see it, but they just don't care it's, it's enough. Sean? Mm-hmm. But it's all sorts. It's all sorts of of relationships, not just, you know, uh, romantic oh, no, relationships. Exactly, yeah. when, when Eddie started... Eddie, were you the first to have kids or was Brandon the first to have kids? He beat me Brandon by, was by 10 days. Uh, no, no. 10 days. I was. So I, so by, I remember I com- coming out of high school, uh, uh, I had a friend who got pregnant right out of high school and started having you know kids and a family, and it was great for him and wonderful, but I kind of divorced. Like I was like, all right, I'm going to go go to college. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to go do my own thing, and it was 
kind of a selfish decision to to prioritize me. I remember when Eddie, when you and Brandon had kids for the first time, I was like, okay, this is my chance to change that methodology. I know that you guys are going to be home more. I know that you're not going to be able to go out on Friday night and you're not going to be able to go have fun like we used to go have fun. So I need to change and I need to go make that a different priority. And I think that that's what preserved the relationship in those in those times when you know you had the the, the young kids is like you got to go out to see them. They can't come out to see you. It's the same thing in a relationship. You just have to come to that realization yeah. that the whole, the group is more important than the individual. Having beers on your back porch is just as fun as going to the bar. Yeah. Like that, you just have to come to that realization. Hashtag Chipotle. I agree. Yeah. Hashtag like Chipotle. It. So if you I, want to, uh, if you want to go ahead and, and sponsor us. We would love a sponsorship from Chipotle. So I, I really enjoyed the moment where they had their fight and they broke up, right? And he surprised her. You know, he came in town just for the night, and he surprised her. He made dinner for her, and how bad that turned out. But um, it showed it showed authentic, uh, you know, authenticity of uh, real life stuff. But uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but it showed. Something that happens, you know, and something that something he was trying to do something nice and just surprise her, and it just it turned so fast. But then you started seeing the uh, writing. I think they both started seeing the writing on the wall that it 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 something happened that you know they're not they're meant to be friends. And you saw that. I felt like I saw that when um he you know he mm-hmm. was he got the phone call for Mia. Right, the next day, and he was just pretty much like, "Oh, she doesn't live here anymore." And then instantly, "Oh, this is a testing call." And he got up, and he's and like, "My you know God, what? the fact that he, he remembered yeah, still, that she lived know, across I'm, from the library, just that little moment is beautiful." Yeah. So they had this respect for each other, and yeah, it was very beautiful. I love to see it because you realize relationships they come and go, but the friendships they last forever, and their friendship still. Uh, it was still there. Like what made their what made them special was the friendship yeah. first before the the boyfriend girlfriend thing. It was a friendship, and you know he, he was he was looking for the best for That's her, and she right was there. looking for the yeah. best for him. And if it was together, it, it, if it was together, awesome. But it, you know, realistically, they both had goals, and they knew that going into this, and it, it just I, it was sad. Yeah. Though, I love that um, the last bit, song but, of the of the movie, the audition. You know, here's the fools. You know, here's to the fools who dream and whatnot. Um, I think it's that part was really raw and I remember watching and I was like looking at him like, you know, you have that moment where you all talk about the last couple of films, like, Oh, that person pretty much won an Oscar for that part. I feel like Emma like pretty much won an Oscar for that part right there. It was just like, so in your face and just so like, yeah, it was not a great tune or anything like that, but right there and then, you know, she was raw, she was vulnerable, and dude, that part was pretty hardcore. I know? love the phone now, call, the that audition. She... That that literally, I remember watching that in the, in the theater and thinking, no, about, that's what he's talking about. <laughs> was it? No, the, no that was the, the last phone. one. Yeah, that the, was the no, last. last not one. not the tell me a story about France. Oh, but yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. John. So, because because I read, she's saying that right, kind of without music, she kind of sang it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something so like I that, read yeah. that she had an earpiece and Damien Chazelle played the piano so that she could have a tune in her nice. head to sing it to. And it's like when you like you, you're right, Jeremiah, when you look at like Christian Bale, a fighter, he won in one scene, won an Academy Award. I do feel like she had that moment. And there, you, you don't as an actor, I don't think that you have the opportunity to have that many moments. This was she just took full advantage of it. It was just beautiful, beautiful scene. 
It was. It was. And I also think about, too, like, um, the ending part of it, you know, I think that last 10 minutes was, like, fucking great. It yeah. does something absolutely that you're not expecting. I actually saw that last scene twice because it happened so fast and I was, you know, I was with my family here. I had to rewatch it today. So I was like, what happened the last 20 minutes? I didn't give it a, my a, attention. So watching it the second time, I was like, holy intense. crap, that was, that was pretty, that was, that was, it was intense. It was deep after that conversation. They, I think they had the conversation exactly where they also started dating a little bit at the, at the, the hilltop, yeah. I think, right? They had a, like a Dubai, a Dubai, hey, you're doing the Paris, you're doing this. And you're Which I agree, by the way, if you're doing something, it. you know, you can't, like, he was right. You can't half-ass it. You got to put a hundred percent to it. You know, I think he already kind of knew what was going to happen and everything like that, regarding to what she was going to do. But that last part, that last scene, what I love about that part is that there's no words at all. You just see just oh, yeah. the feeling. You see, you get a sense of happiness. You get a sense of maybe even a little closure from both of them. You know, that nod and that smile between them. You know. So it it reminded me, and and. Uh... Brandon, you can attest mm-hmm. to this. One of the greatest final scenes of a television show mm-hmm. was uh, from a show called Scrubs. I knew you were going to talk about that. And yeah. you got, and this was the real ending to Scrubs, not when they went off to no. make the other Scrubs bullshit. This was the actual, like, what is it, season 10 or season, season 9? Uh, ending. Season 8, yeah. At, at the end of Scrubs, you have, spoiler alert if you have watched it, go watch the show. It's great. You have this, like, flash forward movie of their life together and what what it was going to be like and you got this like really nice summation of a show perfect hypothetical yeah yeah and and this is kind of what this movie did is it gave you it gave you the best of both worlds it gave you what could have been and what is and you have to kind of decide for yourself which one is better because at first blush i was like well obviously together is better but then you kind of go, well, they both kind of got what they really wanted. That he got his his bar, she got his her career. They got they got their perfect endings both ways. So and that's how, yeah, and that's how when you rewatch this, yeah. like you know, what I'm you saying, it. it's like you it's see so it. much better. The second I didn't time. see it at first when I first saw this. I just like you saw right here, and you're just like, ah, oh, maybe I'm all grown up. Who's to say? I still like <laughs> jokes. But seriously, like you, you just fucking get it. I'm like, ah, it's that fucking moment. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of review. Now it's time of the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score of the following scale. Brother, can you please provide the scale? Yes. Yes, I can. I can do it better this time well, than last time I filmed. Died yeah. sometime around. <laughs> he just disappeared. I, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, all right. So zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or lifting home. Four, a rough morning walk to shame. And five, blackout, shit face, spring break drunk. Gentlemen, let's start with. I don't know. I always uh, change the. Sean went first last time, actually, with the. Batman. Yeah, I, I would love to take this one. Okay, so Brandon. I know that, um, I'm going to get some pushback from, uh, from, from Sean. Um, so this is a movie. I, I mentioned it earlier that I'd, I've only seen twice. And the first time I saw it, I was severely disappointed because I wanted this happy love story, which, again, if you know me. It's not necessarily that my, my cup of tea to go to is the happy love story, but I wanted it because I liked the character so much. And so I, I literally walked away from the movie angry. And so when it first got announced by Warren <laughs> Beatty that it won best picture, I literally looked at my wife and I was like, oh, my God, why? And then Moonlight ended up winning. And I'm, I was all for that at that point. 
Then watching it again, though, okay, watching it again, it was a completely brand new experience. And it's because I knew that the ending was coming and I knew that I was prepared for it. And uh, Sean, you've mentioned this about me and you many, many times on this podcast. This is not new news to anybody, but I desperately, from the time I was about 11 years old, wanted to make movies. That's what I wanted to do. And life happens and you move on and you have family and you have careers and you have happinesses and joys. And in the back of your mind, you always have that one thing that you wish you had done. And every once in a while, you have a reminder of how much you love something and how much you wish that you could do something that you wanted to do when you were a kid. Mm. And I haven't had that moment for a long time until I watched fucking La La Land a week and a half ago. And I walked away from this movie and I said, this right here is why I absolutely adore movies. This is why I live for stories. This is why I wanted to be a filmmaker. Not something I ever thought I'd say on a first time around with this movie, but on the second time, this is what movies are. They transport you, which Sean, I know that you're all about, and they make you feel, which is what I'm all about. And to me, this was legitimately one of the most enjoyable, one of the most heartbreaking, one of the most exciting viewing experiences I've had in a really long time. And so I'm giving this one a quarter. I am giving this one a 0.25. I think that this movie is, is nearly perfect. I love the bad singing voices. I love the, the beautiful cinematography. I love the, the, the dancing and the song numbers. I'm giving 0.25. And, 0.25? Uh, and, and, and I love it. Jared, I'm going to go to you because I think you and I probably are, are two of the ones that well, we've seen it before. So Jeremiah, what do you think? Oh, just like you, man. Like, seriously, when I first saw this movie, I just, I didn't want to see it again. Like, I had no intentions to see it, you know? And I'm fucking excited that I saw it again because I saw a whole different movie. Maybe just I have a whole different perspective and everything like that, you know? Um, I have to say that City of Stars is probably one of the best, like, theme songs, you know, for, like, just, just motion picture by itself. I mean, I think that's fits this movie so well, you know? I think we all felt that in our lives, you know? Like, you hope but your dreams sometimes can be out of reach. But then again, sometimes the dreams can be distracting and everything like that. But when it comes down to this, La La Land is an absolutely beautiful film when you think about it. It's a beautiful movie to watch, the music, the scenes, the dances. I mean, I feel like I'm not, I don't know too much of the old school Hollywood like musicals, like Sean has a lot of, you know, background in it and whatnot. But I feel like this is a nod to those old Hollywood movies and musicals that you just don't see so much. Um, it's a movie that it's going, it's going to leave its mark, uh, no matter what, because it does the unexpected. And that's something now that I appreciate it. I think the casts were, were amazing. And I think they're going to live on forever for many generations to come. It's going to be that type of a film. I'm sure people will talk about the Indian is going to divide viewers and whatnot. But in the end of the day, Love of Land is not a romantic movie, but it's a movie about two characters just to achieve their dreams in La La Land. And I think I've, Took me just a couple of years to figure that one out. And I fucking love that. So for me, this is a easily one drink for me. Well said, Jar. And by the way, City of Stars, Oscar winning song. So I mean, I know we don't always agree with it's the Oscars. Good, man. I think this, this one really, like this one like eight yeah. Oscars. I mean, this it was one not, did a really big yeah. job, yeah. Eddie, you want me to go and then you can finish this out? Yeah, okay, uh, I'll go. Um so 
I went into this movie kind of with with high expectations. I know it had been um, nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. It had won some. And usually when you have, an, you know, the Academy, uh, I don't like what the Academy uh, represents and I don't like what they um, nominate. I think that they, they just kind of overlook great performances because they don't fit into their box, right? Favoritism. Um, Emma Stone, to me, is a very underrated uh, actor actress. She's also uh, um, not like an overtly uh, Hollywood actress. She's not a 10 beautiful. She's quirky and funny and very pretty. And to me, her personality adds to her beauty, making her a 10. It's, it's kind of, and I know that sounds like a, a like a slap in the face. It's not, she's just, you know, she, she's not, She's not exactly what I would picture as this beautiful, you know, leading lady. She's quirky and fun and has that little raspy voice. And to me, all of those qualities make her so attractive in this in this role and 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 overall as an actress. It's just it's kind of I'm 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 not being very clear, but um, starstruck. She to me, she to me was she shunned in this movie in a way that she hasn't in other, other roles. And it was because she just embodied her character so much. And, and I thought, I thought she was just beautiful in her performance. Ryan Gosling to me is, is very wooden and, and not really, uh, you know, I've, we've gone over that. I'm not going to rehash it. Um, what I thought this movie did beautifully from the beginning to the end was tell a story with a meandering musical score that really at the by the by the time you got to the end jeremy's right when he sat down and played that piece you felt and remembered the whole movie you felt and remembered their love story you felt and remembered the goods and the bads and it was the summation a 10 minute summation of of your life and their life and it gave you a moment to do what i think this movie succeeded at was reflect and you reflected not on the character's decisions, but on your own decisions. Yeah. And you got to this point where you're like, man, uh, are, are, did they make the right decision? Did I make the right decision? Am I, do I regret my path? But at the end of the day, you got this beautiful end where both you got to see what could have happened and what did happen. And that both ends were the right end, were, were the good end. They both got what they wanted and they both didn't get what they wanted. And it's okay either way because it's really kind of not about what you get. It's about what you think you get. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought the movie was 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 kind of a mind-fucky, brilliant, weird musical homage to, to old-time Hollywood. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to explain it more clear than that. So um, to me, this movie is a one. If they had hired actors what? that could have sung, I would have been a lot. I would have been. A, I would have been where you wow. are, Brandon. Give me Andrew Garfield. Give me someone who can fucking sing, I'm and I would have been very happy. Dang proud. Yeah, right that's now. not fair. Andrew yeah. Garfield is a fucking <laughs> is a treat. Come on, Eddie, dude. You give us so, a four. I, I thought this movie was was absolutely brilliant. So it's a one. Eddie, take us home. Good job, Sean. It takes two to tango, Sean. So yeah, bro. But yeah, so I mean, Ryan Jocelyn got something going on too. Um, and you know, everyone, yeah, has he done not the best movies? Oh, the choice God. Drive is a fucking classic. Don't. He, he uh, said nothing, nothing for but, two hours. So, but, but, but we can say something about Ryan Jocelyn and Emma Stone together, can we not? Fuck yeah. They okay. have chemistry and they have, and it's their chemistry is like, 
people sometimes like, hey, you guys should just end up with each other because it's there. Like it, it's 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 obvious, but they it won't work because they're very, but they're very friends. They've been friends from the very beginning, and I think that's what makes this so authentic between them two is that they actually might have lived this life that this movie had together. Like they had, they grew up fighting for the same like the roles and they just, you know, they, they, they live this life and they never got to have the love story. Instead, they chose the career. Uh, so they actually had some, some, uh, some uh, history to this movie. I felt like, so for, for some reason, when I, th- when I see this movie, I think of, of a picture and I see it all the time. Uh, and I, I don't know if you guys are like it or agree with me, but um, it's a little girl and she's holding the bear and she's holding it. And God or Jesus is on one side and he has a bigger bear behind his back, right? And it has his hands out and says, just trust me, right? And the little girl says, but I love it, God. And she's holding the bear. And Jesus is holding the bigger bear behind his back. And this I give it to me. Like, trust me, you have to have faith. And this movie, you know, they had each other for, for this. And I know there's a love story. They fell in love while they, uh, they, they were trying to find their path, but so I, they had each other for a reason in their in their lives. And sometimes it's not meant to be with each other at the very end of the movie. It's meant to get to point A to point uh, D, and you know they were just B and C in the middle of it. You know, like so something that happens. I am where I am now because of my past. And Brandon, I loved what you said. Um, deep down inside, there's a part of you though when something just hits you home with it, like ah. And for me personally, and I always. I wasn't going to say this, but, and you guys might think it's funny, but for me, it was being a baseball player. Like, that was my thing. So every time I step on the field for softball with Sean, I'm going all out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm going out until my Achilles breaks or my knee pops because I still feel like it's the only time I get to go all out. I, I was robbed of my last good innings in my 20s. So I was like, you know what? I'm going all out here. But I get it every Wednesday, you know, I get to play with Sean, but, and then I step off the field and I come back home. It's almost like I have that dream of like, oh, what would have happened if I kept playing baseball the right way? If not, I've ended up to CBU or whether it went somewhere else. I don't know. But then I get to come home and I get to see my real life with, you know, my friends and my, my wife, my beautiful wife and, and my, my three children. So it's just like I wouldn't have traded in for the world. Like I, I'm happy I'm not a baseball player, but I get a little glimpse of it every so often. Um, so I personally give this movie uh, 0.75. Uh, the only thing that lacks for me, yeah, the only, I, I don't think it's a, a us. I don't think it's. I think it's one of the best musicals uh, musicals I've ever seen. But it's a 0.75 for me. Um, so it's a little over a half a shot and yeah. below a, a full drink. Um, that's why I give it, and I I feel like it's what for me. It's one well, of the just best look at the conversation sparked within us, like just here today. Like, well, I mean, it's good. John, go ahead. Well, Brandon is calculating the score. Eddie, I want you to just just do this and think about this. Emma Stone and the uh, should they should they not relationship is not with Ryan Gosling. It's with fucking Andrew Garfield. And you need to watch that. That in 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 it, it's happened. They should they should have ended up together. It's a fucking tragedy. They didn't. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. When we uh, combine those scores and divide by four, what does uh, La La Land give us a rating of, Mr. Eddie? It gives us point a seven five. Fuck. I've got to redo the whole damn website. Yeah. Jeremiah, what um, what does that give us? Uh, where does that put us on the list? It's tied on number eight spot here with uh, Home Alone, actually, right between Remember the Titans and 
Gladiator. Okay. Wow. 0.75. So um, it is the second musical in our top 10 list, actually. What's uh, what's in our – so it's the Sound of Music then. Sound of Music is number one, actually. Uh, but, yeah, okay. it's their second. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, so dude, yeah. they killed Thank Greece. God. They, beat the they killed showman. all the yeah, other ones. Showman and the Greatest Showman. And, and the Greatest everything. Showman. Okay. And Moulin well, Rouge. Let's not talk Moulin about Rouge. that. What actually? about the Great okay. Gatsby? <laughs> <laughs> I can only t- – I can only tell you what uh, what 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 actor would have made this movie less than a point seven five. Do you know what it is, Brandon? I'm gonna go off of uh, I. You know, he's a little bit older, but I think Brian Cox would have pulled this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Jeremiah. What movie do we have uh, next week? Uh, I think we're we're it's our third entry into our 2010s, which is our last section of season three. Yeah, so it's going to either be a toss-up between my film or actually uh, Brandon's film. Mm, so what do we? So what, what do we, we have do right a now? lot of movies coming up. What do we want to do, Eddie? You make a decision, Jer or me. Well, Jeremy is yours. Uh, it's going to be a fan's choice. choice so or? when you listen to this episode, you're going to have a chance to choose my film. So we're, there will be a post oh, on our Instagram. Extra, yeah, so let's do Brandon. Let's do Brandon so we have some time. It gives us some time to do uh, Jeremiah's choice. So let's do Brandon's. After we end this episode, you're going to listen to a trailer of what film that might be. How about that? I like that. You like that? How's that going to be? No. Is that a trailer? No, Eddie, it's a fucking movie trailer. (laughs) I don't know. Afterwards, I... Here's the trailer, guys. I gotta do a little edit. I gotta do little edits here no, first. Then Eddie, I can do it. Good, good, good thing you're pretty. Oh, All right. God. If you enjoyed our review, a fan of the podcast. He didn't say movie <laughs> trailer, you, guys. Please movie subscribe trailer. wherever you're listening. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. The dot means a lot. That means a lot. You can visit our website <laughs> at the gentleman podcast. Too much yellow water. And we would love to hear from you at. Uh, by email at hosts with an S H O S T S at the gentleman podcast.com. We thank you so much for listening as we close out our season three, make this drink. Make this it's drink. fucking incredible. Make this drink. <laughs> it's, it's fucking it's sloppy. It. It's Saint, you know, St. Patty's day. Uh, St. Patty's day was like two weeks ago, but yeah, good St. job. At it. <laughs> when do we record this? Yeah, no, oh, I don't want to interrupt. When? <laughs> all right. Well, cheers gentlemen. And we'll see you in two weeks. And thank you all for listening. Cheers, y'all. I say this all the time, but I actually mean it this time. All right, guys. This was a really good one. This was a really good one. Not too shabby, huh? Look at this. And you guys were worried. Didn't I tell you it looked great, huh? Buzz, where the heck have you been? Sorry, Woody. I've been up all night working out a little something. Hey, wow! Oh, that's quality craftsmanship. Oh, it's nothing, really. Wow. Your basic vacuum form with a high-gloss sealer to bring out the shine. Hey! <laughs> At least ours lit up. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's just great. Ah, oh, no! Ah, oh, come on, Woody. You do it.